It's Get Cynical, Season 3, Episode 5, the big one. This is the one that we have been teasing and we have been waiting to talk about for a while. And it is uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. We're a uh, fandom menace podcast now. We're going to we're going to take these <laughs> we're going to take these Star Wars sequels to task of why they are bullcrap that does not respect the canon of the extended universe. That's uh, that's our <laughs> podcast now. We are a Star Wars lore show now with a, yeah. with a bit of a reactionary bent. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, the, 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 that maneuver that happens in The Last Jedi, that was total bullshit, right? It's fucking bullshit. It's like, why don't they just do that every time? <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Man, this takes me back. I, watching, <laughs> the Force, watching The Force Awakens, like, movies made in 1935 feel like, feel more <laughs> in conversation with our present day than The Force Awakens does. Like, this truly feels like an artifact of a, of a different era. I had the same experience watching 16 Candles, where there's some movies that were just made in a time period that was so sealed off from the rest of history. You know, the, the mid-80s were kind of that. But also, like, also, you know, the, the late 2010s, pre-Trump, you know, kind of the late Obama era. It just doesn't feel like the same world that we live in now. And... Watching The Force Awakens, it, it was very, very transporting. It was, it was a, it was. I felt like I was being taken back to fucking 2015. It's very, very odd. Yeah, it, it was strange. I feel, I think I rewatched it last not too long ago. Yeah. Um, just because I was, I was watching all of them all the way through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it really hit me. I think on this watch, how, like you say, dated, but also like how how creaky the script is um yeah <laughs> like it really it, like like i think when you're watching it for the first time and you're kind of wrapped up in like the star warsness of it all especially like you know in 2015 seeing it in theaters and you're, oh like, my you, you didn't even know what the fuck it was about until you were watching it in theaters yeah no when i saw this in theaters in 2015 it was fucking hype and that's like you know that's one of jj's like real strengths is that like he can kind of trick you and you, you know if you're in the theater you can kind of get off on the energy whereas like uh you know so watching this in my basement uh was not the same experience no it, it's it's i mean it is one of those movies that's like um like i remember back in 2014 guardians of the galaxy was this for me i watched yeah. it in like a like a fan screening like preview screening and everyone was so hyped and everyone was laughing at every single line. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is so fun. And then I, when I watched it again out of that environment, it was just like, just like dead. It was just yeah. like, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this this is actually really bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> And JJ is absolutely a filmmaker who fucking thrives off of like. In the same way that like every Marvel movie is like leaves applause breaks between between dialogue now. Yeah. Um, like JJ is a filmmaker who really feeds off of like that first opening night showing and then yeah. after that who cares like you know it yeah. like the film doesn't need to live any longer than that yeah no uh he he very much it's like it's the fandom version of like the film festival effect basically yeah where, it's exactly that yeah where you get like you know the raw energy of being in a crowd of people seeing stuff for the first time is like intoxicating you're not immune to it no matter how fucking jaded you think you are like if you if you get in the right place with the right movie you can totally fall for it you know what it's fun it's fun when that happens but this is not a movie that was built to withstand the fucking test of time and no. seven years later this is looking like worse than ever this movie is <laughs> it's not the worst thing i've ever seen it's certainly like a solid star above fucking rise of skywalker but like oh yeah yeah, I mean, he, the thing is, that, like, the thing with JJ is, like, he is, the, the thing that he is genuinely skilled at is, like, starting a story, like, writing yeah. the first page, right? And, I, you know, everyone says this, and I've said this for years, like, yeah, he is so talented at setting up a bunch of characters and mysteries and questions and then leaving it for someone else to fill in all those gaps, basically, right? Like, that's yeah. why, like... Lost was a great show because he wrote the pilot and then just dipped and didn't have anything else to do with it because, like, continuing the story is not his strong suit. Like, and you see it so hard in this movie. Like, there are so many 
questions and, and, and mysteries and shit that, like, he just expected someone else would take care of the answer, like, the part where you put it all together and it all makes sense. And it's the same thing with the characters. Like, yeah. he has a bunch of concepts for characters, and then he's just like, well, the next two films will, like, flesh out what their deal actually is and what they actually go through. And, like, and, like the concepts are good. Like, the concept of, of Finn is a, is great if you're making a yes, Star Wars that movie. Is it's key, so smart. That's, like, the one thing... and. Sure enough, it's like the farthest they uh, go away from the New Hope template, where they yeah. they they have like you know this character who is like an anomaly in all the six movies that came before. The idea of like you know not some like extremely powerful person who switches sides, but this low level grunt who just like kind of freaks out and decides he wants to be good. That is you know that is a pretty novel concept for this entire franchise and. Yeah, no, there is a lot of strong, you know, there's strong ideas there. You know, he teases some mysteries. It, I will say a lot of the mysteries he teases are very, uh, very, like, you know, you can tell he was teeing up for, like, it's going to be the exact same thing as the original trilogy. Like, yeah. you know, the mysteries with Snoke and Ray's parents, like, it was fueled to be, you know, this is just going to play out the exact same way fucking Empire did. And I'm not saying I agree. In fact, in think in this deeply, deeply mediocre to terrible trilogy of movies, you know, the smartest thing that happened was fucking Ryan just tossing all of that out as yeah. hilariously as possible. I mean that but, that is that is why that movie is 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 good, or at least yeah. like decent, is because he completely like just fucking veers in the opposite direction of everything that JJ yeah. set up, which is which makes it even funnier that that Abrams then had to come back and like finish the fucking story that had just yeah. been taken completely off the rails. Yeah, no, it it was literally just like it felt like a suicide bombing attempt. <laughs> like, it's it's so funny that you know he Ryan like like the movie or not, he just took this move this like this billion dollar franchise completely into whatever direction that he and only he wanted to he basically <laughs> torpedoed it into the fucking ground because he could and then he kind of left everyone for the to pick up the scraps and it basically just destroyed this entire fucking entertainment franchise yeah like it's, he just kinda, it's insane like yeah if you think about what you always think about what star wars was in 2014 and it was like it was six movies for pretty yeah. much everyone in the universe. And there was extended universe stuff and like the fucking animated, like the cartoon. But yeah. like, it was six movies. And then now it's like nine, 10, 11 movies. And there's going to be fucking TV shows and shit. And they, they have the Mandalorian. And it's like, it's so funny that like, you were just like, Disney was handed this incredible opportunity yeah. to like, you're going to make, <laughs> you're going to keep making Star Wars, which is- it's <laughs> and they fucking blew it in two in two tries they blew two it. tries yeah and it's so funny too they hit the fucking jackpot because george lucas thought the world was going to end in 2012 <laughs> and then they just immediately it is one of the craziest bag fumblings in the world and it was a mix of two things one because they gave this guy who likes making sort of weird genre movies and mostly is up until this point was most famous for doing the best episode of breaking bad. Yeah. And then like, and then they just kind of let him do his thing with almost no oversight whatsoever. And then like, they got so freaked out because like, uh, I'd say like maybe 15% of like, you know, star Wars fans were vehemently mad about this or 15% of the, not star Wars fans, but like 15% of the people who saw the movie were vehemently mad about it. And they freaked the fuck out so bad that they course corrected into pleasing absolutely no one. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> God damn, man, what a stupid fucking world. And yeah, the force awakens now. Now it is very funny to watch this one too, because like you see how much joy the three young actors have to be involved with this since yeah. you know adam driver and oscar isaac like they had some stuff cooking before this like you know adam driver was in girls oscar isaac was in lewin davis um but like this was still like this was pulling them into the a-list basically this was pulling them from like people who were in stuff to like you are some of the biggest names alive and that's to say nothing of fucking you know Daisy Ridley or whoever uh who's the actor who plays Finn again John, John Boyega. Boyega yeah yeah they that like those people were not unknown quantities at the time but like they were fucking just they hit the lotto like for this like even harder than Disney did they were just like yeah you guys get to play 
the lead roles in what's going to be the biggest movie ever made until fucking end game. And you just see all of the joy and excitement in their fucking faces. And then as the series gets on, you just get to see them get the life beaten out of them. It's so fuck. It's like, if you go back and look at rise of Skywalker, it's so funny. Just how dead inside specifically oscar isaac is during it just like yeah that that seems to have broken something in oscar isaac if you look yeah. at his recent career choices yeah no it it it's so funny that it's just like it looked like it's it's almost a similar thing to what happened to hayden christensen where it's like you know this guy who acted in stuff like shattered glass or whatever just gets to be like the the big new guy the fresh face in this trilogy and like like the prequels or not, Hayden Christensen didn't really get a second chance after that stuff ended. And yeah. It's a very, very strong chance, a uh, strong case of history repeating itself. But yeah, no, and you can not... see you can see foreshadowed what they're going to look like in Episode Nine if you watch Harrison Ford in The Force Awakens because he yeah. looks like he does not in any way want to be there. Yeah, he looks like Willie Nelson in this. It's so <laughs> tight. <laughs> yeah, speaking of doesn't want to be there, the fucking. The older actors have a serious been there, done that face. Like, especially yeah. Han, like Harrison Ford was adamant about wanting to be killed off by the Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. Like, I, I there's a there's a moment in like Harrison Ford's career in the early 80s, I think around the time of Blade Runner, where he realizes that he doesn't want to act anymore and he just wants to do like wood carpentry, but just has dollar signs in his eyes. And something about him just dies and never comes back. And yeah, he is he is so tired to be there. He is coasting off shtick that has calcified since the fucking fugitive in this movie. <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. yeah, it is it is just like I th- I think at the time he got away with it because people were like, Wow, it's an older Han Solo. It's like yeah. no, he's not he's not old and tired. He just like the actor who remember like fucking broke his leg tripping on the Millennium Falcon to yeah. making this movie. He just doesn't like that he's here. Yeah, which it's doubly funny because two years later, Blade Runner 2049 comes out and fucking Harrison Ford is clearly very passionate about that movie. Like, like <laughs> it or not, his performance in that movie is like, oh, I really want to do this. I really want a second chance at proving myself here. And it's so fucking funny that that movie just absolutely ate, at least in terms of his performance, just ate this one's lunch. But, you know, say what you will. Say what you will about Harrison Ford. Uh, He's doing a lot better than Gary Fisher (laughs) is at this movie. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I have nothing against Carrie Fisher, who seems like the coolest woman in the universe, but Oh yeah. She is terrible. In She's this. not. I mean, she, you know, Harrison Ford had acted more re- quite a bit yeah. more recently, I think, than Carrie Fisher had. Again, it's like Carrie Fisher yeah. deserved to live the rest of her life just fucking like lying down. <laughs> like she, Yeah, just chilling. You know, like she that's what she earned. Um, yeah. But no, if she's terrible in this movie. Um, of she course she is. She delivers every line like she has marbles in her mouth. Like, <laughs> it's just grim. It's tough to watch, really, since, like, you know, in the original fucking trilogy, she's got, like, serious energy. She's fucking trying to prove herself and keep up with, you know, Harrison Ford and whoever. And then in this one, she's just, like, trying, but, like, the the the, the magic's gone. The magic's fucking yeah. gone. And you, uh, you know what? You know what's really what's funny about this ultimately is how good Mark Hamill is in the Last Jedi, and he like explicitly fucking hated making that movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did hate making Last Jedi. He hated. He hated the direction they went with the. And he, you know, I think he tried to play nice about it once like the fandom stuff started to happen. But like, there's videos yeah. of him on set talking about it and talking about how like depressing it is to yeah. that. You know, <laughs> he's just stuck on this fucking island or whatever. Yeah, but no, he absolutely crushes it. That movie, it's, yeah, it's arguably the performance of his career. That entire probably. Movie. I mean, I can't think of a better one. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a huge animated Batman fan, I can't, <laughs> I can't see it. But no, yeah, it's it's so funny. God, what a shit show. But um, yeah, uh, this movie is bad, and uh, I, I, it was grim the moment Max von Sydow showed up. That's a uh, Max von Sydow yeah. is like in the 2010s, kind of a warning sign because he's had. 
He's had the funniest career, I think, in movie history, where <laughs> he rose to prominence as, like, the main guy of one of Arthouse's most esteemed and mysterious directors. Like, you know, he's Bergman's fucking right-hand man. And then once Bergman retires and, you know, gets tired of fucking making movies about people crying in a house, he goes on to be in, a, you know, blockbusters like Rush Hour 3 or whatever. And he's the evil guy in all those movies. He's the fucking scary villain. And then he gets too old even for that. And now he's like his whole role is just like standing in a field and saying like I sense your power is growing. Like that's, <laughs> that's, he did that in this. He did that in fucking Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, and you know what? That's good. Good for yeah. him. That's a good way to close out your career is to be like the the wizened old man. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, do you have any roles for people where they can just like stand very stand still and not move? Like, yeah or sit down yeah <laughs> then i can handle it yeah no that was that was the perfect ro- perfect roles for him and i'm glad he was still showing up and stuff until he died but yeah no it was a it felt like a warning sign because you know it's it's not usually a sign of quality that uh a hundred year old max von Sydow is in your thing but anyways um the this movie the main thing i will say about this movie is every single line in this is either like uh, like a lore dump like it's either like a ah i remember back on the planet hrothgar the uh the the gooblies were were you know they they were not happy about this or whatever <laughs> like they it's all just like the world building shit or it's um you know it is literally just i ordered my hot sauce an hour ago <laughs> like, those are the only lines in this movie it's either yeah a quip or like uh like an exposition dump it's it's all just that it's shockingly quippy in retrospect, yeah. which like Star Wars never, that was never Star Wars' thing. There's jokes I mean, in all the Star Wars movies, but it's never like this kind of variety of like, you know, 2010s TV writer's room style, like, yeah. you know, cr- taking cracks, basically. They do. So which one of us talks first? Who talks first? Which is like yeah. a step above. He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, the funny thing is, is that, like, the original Star Wars trilogy, particularly the first one, is genuinely really fucking funny. Like, it, um, you might disagree, but I do remember, I laugh out loud, like, whenever fucking, um, when uh, Han Solo's pretending to be a stormtrooper, and then oh, they yeah. figure out what he is, and he shoots, and he says, boring conversation anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's classic, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's very funny, and then in this one, they're, like, trying to keep things, like, lighthearted. And they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> it's bizarre. There's the bit where um, Finn is asking Ray like if she has any family, and then he's like, oh, "You got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend?" Yeah. It's like, is this? I don't, is this? What's st- is this what people's talk in Star Wars? Like, yeah, no, it's so it's, strange. Is totally, this Firefly now. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, oh, and the the most embarrassing part of this whole movie is the part where like. Um, uh, she, you know, they're running around and he's like trying to guide her and she says, stop taking my hand. Stop <laughs> grabbing my hand. I can run by myself. I don't need help. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's grim. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the only things this movie really has going for it is that, you know, because this wasn't reshot to shit like uh, The Rise of Skywalker was, some of the uh, some of the action scenes are like a little fun. Like you can yeah. kind of coast off, you know. I think the forest the, fight scene is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty tight. That's, like, the one time where I'm like, wait, J.J. Abrams can, like, make images? What the yeah. fuck? I mean, that's it's not... it, it is yeah. it is better than any fucking lightsaber shit they were doing in the original trilogy. Like, that, that's one of my hotter Star Wars takes, I think, is oh. that all of the all the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy really suck and are really boring, and they kind of only figured out how to do them right when the prequels rolled around. I, uh, the first, the, the one in New Hope is pretty janky. Uh, the one where they're just kind of standing there. I really like the one in Empire just because it's mostly about destroying shit and steam yeah. coming That's up everywhere. That's the best one, yeah. Yeah, that one's really tight. It's not about choreography. It's just about, like, there's there's uh, there's blue stuff everywhere. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> um, I like uh, the part in Return where he just goes ape shit. But, yeah, the, the, <laughs> one, the, one, in, uh, the one in A New Hope is a little uh, too old people. Well, an old guy and a guy in like in a box kind of standing <laughs> next to each other um i'm a, i'm not a fan of the prequel ones but that's neither here or there right. yeah uh, that one's a really tight and some of the like the action scenes where there's planes flying everywhere and they're just like blowing shit up like again it's not like it's 
kind of diminished by the fact that we have seen this all before. They don't really do yeah. anything inventive. Like, that's the one thing I kind of like about the, the Holdo maneuver in uh, Last Jedi is that it's kind of novel. Like, you haven't seen them try something like that before. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's pretty crisp. This movie, they clearly spend a lot of time on it. So, like, it, 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 it's, it would be like a cool sequence in a TV show, basically. Yeah. Yeah. From, from a fucking TV director, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's all it's all very like competent basically. There's nothing nothing as embarrassing as the the swiveling camera in Mission Impossible Three. God, but, oh, that movie's so bad. <laughs> I've talked about this before, but when I saw Mission Impossible Three, there's a scene where JJ points the camera at Tom Cruise, and someone needs to clip this. One of the fans needs to clip this scene because it's given me nightmare sense. <laughs> point the camera at Tom Cruise. And then they, like, jerk the camera until, like, only, like, half of his face is cut off. And it looks like a mistake. And then <laughs> they cut away. And then they cut back. And the camera is still, like, half of his face is cut off. And then they fix it. Like, I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like I saw this in a dream. <laughs> and, and I really, like, if someone told me that doesn't exist, I would believe them. Because I was like, what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, no. Anyways, we have spent uh, 20 minutes talking about The Force Awakens, which is way more than it deserves, but we need to lay the groundwork here because uh, Max Landis, you know, at this point, he had made, he had penned a couple of movies. He was a hot, he was a hot name on, uh, in, like in Hollywood, but this is where he became like an enfant terrible. He, he, this is where he became, uh, this is where he became like a, a, a cultural commentator and a very known quantity specifically in like Twitter circles. It's where he went from this kind of eccentric Hollywood weirdo to, you know, this, this guy uh, who, who like you had to have an opinion on. He, he turned into like Devin Farachi here in a way, <laughs> multiple ways, but he, <laughs> yeah, no. Max Landis, when this movie came out, he went on the war path on Twitter talking about how this movie is, uh, how he said the movie was okay, but he said, Ray is a Mary Sue. And, uh, all right, so we'll get into it. He linked this post called that he captioned Star Wars, The Mary Sue Awakens. And it's a 4chan post that says, Ray is a professional scavenger, mechanic, pilot, staff weapon combat user, climber and repeller, fluid in more than one language, blaster user and perfect shot, force user, lightsaber weapon duelist, and most importantly, she doesn't need to be told how to run. Worst Star Wars main character yet. And, uh, you know... Then he went on, like, he posted a lot more about how she's a fucking Mary Sue. Uh, mo all of this has been deleted. We had to fucking sort through the ruins of Xanadu to find all this shit. <laughs> he says, uh, they finally did it. They made a fanfic movie with Mary Sue as the main character. People did not take well to this, obviously. Yeah. Um, look, this was 2015. This, was, this wasn't quite the peak of, like, the Gamergate pop feminist Jezebel era, but, like... That era, that, like, group still had a decent amount of pull and did through, like, Lady Ghostbusters. I think it was really, like, only during the fucking, you know, 2016 primaries where, like, you know, the the House of Cards for, like, the, the, the ironically, the Mary Sue writer. Like, that, you know, that having any cultural cash, that really tumbled down. Yeah. Well, it was those it was those chauvinists at the at Chapo Trap House who yeah. ruined the entire movement. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it did kind of, like, make the, uh, it did kind of make things a little more clear where people's priorities stood. That, uh, the 2016 primaries were, like, a good, a good, like, litmus test for whether, like, you were in this for social justice or you were in this because you're a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um, yeah, there was a lot of fucking blowback. Yeah. Most of it was on Twitter, unfortunately, which means... We had to, like, you know, sort through some, you know, deleted tweets and 4chan posts. I found a batch on, uh, I think it was the co-board on 4chan, and uh, a writer uh, who I'm not familiar with named, I think, Nate Stevenson. Uh, he went on a multiple tweet-long thread. And these are all, <laughs> I love seeing the old 2015 format. And he said... <laughs> It's amazing how quick the same person can switch from relax it's a movie to this isn't realistic when a girl picks up a weapon. Nerds are really bad at arguing. Um, what is it? Uh, he also makes the point, man, Poe was such a Mary Sue. He flew a TIE fighter with no experience. 
Right. And um, he says, women don't get to be larger than life, awesome at everything, wish fulfillment. And people bringing up a meme proves their point. Um, and then he sa also said, any person who claims Rey is a Mary Sue is a fake St Star Wars fan. And in this uh in a in a in this block, there's also a a Bob Chipman post who mm -hmm. I just want to say I don't I really don't like going after Movie Bob. I feel like Movie Bob is kind of in like for people who are like five to ten percent less annoying than him, he's like the go-to guy to make fun of. <laughs> like it feels like people kind of overdo it with Bob. But this is a fucking banger tweet that says, "Now want an actual Sue in Star Wars? Star Killer from the Unleashed games." awful ray has issues parentheses sigh abrams i love the uh the boomer the boomer ellipses there <laughs> but the gen x ellipses is so tight but she's not a sue and uh there's a uh, aaron diaz i don't know any of these fucking people aaron diaz says if you think mary sue is a valid and meaningful criticism of a character there's a very good chance you're a misogynist yeah. And uh Guillermo del Toro. This one's my favorite. This one's my favorite. <laughs> Guillermo Guillermo del fucking Toro said, "The Mary Sue controversy is like encountering an orgasm sheriff halfway through an orgy, rating our joy on a 1 through 10 scale." <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Guillermo? <laughs> what? What is that, mean, Guillermo? Dog, what the hell? <laughs> you going to orgies, man? You going to <laughs> You're yeah, I bet, the he fucking... does. I bet yeah. he does. Yeah, he seems like the type of, like, guy who would go to orgies. But... <laughs> he and Harry Knowles fucking are spit-roasting some <laughs> awful fucking girl. <laughs> some heinous fucking broad is getting spit-roasted by those two. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, the, the orgasm sheriff. The orgasm sheriff. That's I agree, it's just what it's like. It's like, an, it's like the if there was an orgasm sheriff. sheriff. That's gonna be lodged in my head for weeks. Fuck. <laughs> now so I may strange. be a humble country sheriff, but I do declare that you have been faking your orgasms <laughs> during this here orgy. All right. But uh, and, no, but yeah, like this was a point being. This was a huge fucking Twitter deal. Like it was everywhere. Back in the it days was, when a discourse like this could last for like weeks. Yeah, it's so funny that like the 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 meta has shifted in this way. Whereas like, if the same person made the same point, it would be over in like two days. Like, remember fucking Bean Dad? That was yeah. done in three days. <laughs> this was a point of contention for like two whole weeks. It was, it was nuts, and that was partially helped by the fact that Max seriously fanned the flames here. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So Esther and I dug through a couple of articles. Um, there's a profile of him in the New York Times, which I had to use fucking nine VPNs and a shell to get into. But <laughs> uh, described him as a as a Hollywood disruptor with an attitude. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And if you see and the picture here is is Max, and he's sort of whispering to uh, a palm tree that he's put sunglasses on um to indicate sort of that Hell like yeah, hey man. this guy's a little he's a little kooky and he's not exactly like you and me yeah and uh some some wonderful poll quotes from this um he says that i write scripts the way a lot of people play angry birds in my head i see a movie if i don't write the script there's no chance that the movie will exist if it doesn't exist i feel like i'm failing and i feel this pit inside me is rapidly growing and expanding and i'll disappear and be nothing so clearly i have to write something otherwise i'll die that's how that's i play that's exactly how i play angry birds i feel like <laughs> i feel like i see it in my head and if i don't throw the birds i'll die yeah <laughs> that's a great fucking Great fucking comparison, dude. This is why they pay you millions. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, they compare him to uh, Shane Black and Joe Essertas in this, which is deeply offensive because <laughs> Max Landis never wrote anything as fucking good as Showgirls. <laughs> like, <Yeah. he's> <laughs> like, sorry, Esther, I know you're a fucking Chronicle fan, but like, this is not on the same level as Showgirls. It, no, yeah. It, it arguably is on the same level as like the Nice Guys or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man there's a bunch of uh fans describing max landis there's one person who um says that uh, <laughs> max has a unique ability to open up his heart and spill it on the page and max has a tremendous amount of pathos hidden under all that rainbow hair <laughs>
He also says he has an astonishing 98 screenplays with 20 or 30 more in the things I might finish soon category and some 200 others in various stages of completion. Okay. Having seen a couple of his movies, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't it, like, how is that a good thing? It's like, yeah, I write like a fucking page of a movie a day and then just give yeah. up. Yeah, no, that is, uh, that is tough because like, that means that he is not spending the time he needs to on these fucking screenplays. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm reminded of that story of fucking, like, uh, you know, uh, we talked about it on those good old-fashioned values, but it was John Hughes wrote 16 Candles in a Weekend, and it's like, I believe you, man. I fucking believe you. <laughs> that shit's terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Yeah, no. So they, they kind of go through this more, and they touch on the uh, Mary Sue controversy. And how um, how he got, you know, shit through it. And Landis's poll quote here was, I'm, n- I'm never online to start a fight. Uh, what is it? He says, it's led me into nothing but trouble online because I still act like a fanboy. I grew up as a fanboy. And uh, he says he expresses his opinions in the same way that I used to back in the days of the comic book store. Very quickly without thinking about it. <laughs> Oh man! Come on, man! If you we should we're gonna talk about these videos he posted too that are basically just him saying the same shit. But the one yeah. that's like he posted one that was just ranting about how Ray is a Mary Sue, and then he posted another one that is <laughs> so scary. It's him yeah. like yeah. fucking front facing camera, just like walking around a dark alley, like <laughs> laughing like the Joker about how how amazing it is that people are mad at him. Yeah. Um, absolutely terrifying terrifying yeah. video <laughs> yeah it's just fucking talking like judge holden from blood oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, god um no and this led to a slew of articles from the usual usual suspects uh tasha robinson writing for uh the verge says with star wars ray we've reached peak strong female character and there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> and i love how almost every single one of these articles like they do the hedge where they're like, okay, we admit it. Mary Sue is, or uh, Ray is kind of a Mary Sue, but that's fine. Don't think about it too much. When it's like the whole, like, you know, feminist frequency type, like media landscape is built off the idea that you should be able to critically interrogate everything. But then it's like, someone goes like, ah, you know, this character is like a little, uh, a little one dimensional. And then it's just like, just fucking DEFCON one. Um, uh, Vox had a Vox planer about what a Mary Sue is, and uh, <laughs> the the writer of this uh this Caroline Caroline Frompke she's got some some like fake European name and she uh she talks also does the same thing where it's like okay yeah she's a little one dimensional but she says she's not a Mary Sue definitely not and then she uh she admits the character I wrote in my Harry Potter fan fiction was a Mary Sue <laughs> yeah um, well I mean here's the thing. By, by definition, Ray is not a Mary Sue because J.J. Yeah. Abrams is not a fucking like nineteen-year-old girl. <laughs> like, yeah, she's not. He's not self-inserting as Ray. Exactly. Yeah, and she's yeah. also like not. You know, I think I think the thing with Ray is that like that people are picking up on there is that like she doesn't really experience any um, conflicts or problems that she can't easily get out of. Um, yeah which is like a screenwriting issue more than i think it's a character issue like yeah. as a character i don't it like it's fucking you know it's it's like uh, when they people say it's like it's unrealistic that she knows how to like fight with a stick like that they're just misogynists like yeah that's just fucking stupid like it's isn't it crazy how i love how that you should be fighting with a rock instead <laughs> you should be writing with fighting with the basket you use for gathering <laughs> berries um <laughs> yeah but like you know like with that list where people are like it's unreal of the things it's unrealistic for her to be all of these things whatever that is just like scavenger like it's unrealistic yeah. that she could fucking just walk through a dump and just pin, pick stuff up like, <laughs> come on <laughs> oh man um so this is gonna be like we'll, we'll get into the videos here and i do want to i want to do want to touch on a the a couple of great fucking you know poll lines from these articles but here's the the big plot twist for me is that 
obviously Max is butchering the term Mary Sue, and Mary Sue is one of those terms like plot armor or manic pixie dream girl that like I think you should probably be killed if you use. Like it's just <laughs> it's one of those terms where it's just like like dude, I read TV tropes and I'm ashamed of like what you're acting like. Like you you need to you need to stop. That that website's yeah. something that you do when it's like 3 a.m. and you're bored out of your fucking mind and Twitter's making you too angry. You, you can't fucking talk that. about you can't fucking talk about fandom terms like they're a, like a real thing. Like you can't no. have a real life conversation about this yeah. shit. Yeah, no. Oh my god, no. They're, that's like the worst fucking way to talk about art. It's like maybe it can be fun to like categorize this stuff, but like no, it's it's useless. And obviously, there is a huge undercurrent of misogyny in like the whole they chose Ray to freak the fuck out on. Like, it's, it, you know, it's, it's sort of like some of Max's point. It's given credence by the fact that there wasn't nearly as much of a fucking just like ape shit backlash there was to Furiosa the same year. Although I think that's because the Star Wars fandom is made up of like the worst human beings alive. <laughs> I, think, I think that it's like most of the people, even most of like the meathead guys who saw Fury Road were like, yeah, fuck yeah. Whereas like, you know, Star Wars fans are just like, like, they're like fucking Song of Ice and Fire fans. They're just, like, foaming at the mouth, ready to complain about the stupidest shit in the world. Yeah. But if I have to be brutally honest, Max's whole thing that, like, Ray is a really thinly sketched character who is good at basically everything the story needs her to is basically correct. She is a yeah. very uninteresting character. You know, a couple of people pointed out, like, you kind of have to wait for the arc of the series to go on, but like taking <laughs> and that paid much, off fucking great. Yeah, yeah, she definitely, she definitely went all sorts of interesting places. Like, uh, you know, learned the force, and then, uh, woman. That's that was great. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, she is not a very good character, and she they do basically like. It does feel like someone involved, probably Kathleen Kennedy, like they wanted a female character for this because, you know, it's the 2010s. We got to have a strong female character. But they were afraid of giving her any like recognizable flaw. Like, oh, we don't want to make her too emotional because then it'll be sexist. We don't want to make her too angry because that'll make her sexist. We, do, we, want, we don't want to make her one of the guys because that'll be too sexist. So it just feels like, what if she's just awesome? And that's it. And I think that like... It's hard to read that charitably coming from Max Landis for very good reasons, but watching, like, I had the fucking Ray as a Mary Sue backlash videos on in my head, and aside from the points where uh, Max has this very confusing rant about how uh, all that exists without his uh, knowledge exists without his consent, I thought that was very strange. The, um, <laughs> the uh, what he, most of the points he was making about Ray were like, I was like, okay, this is, like, not wrong. <laughs> so, I am outing myself as a, uh, as a dude bro here i uh, <laughs> I, I, I well i mean yeah with... the thing the thing is like it it is a like, like i said it's a screenwriting issue that like yes you know th that she is written so that every problem that they come up against she has she finds a solution for without yes. much like struggle that is that yes. that is i think really the issue that he's hitting on because like yeah. ray in, in the last jedi deals with shit deals with problems like um in a real way and, and like doesn't overcome some of them like because that is written by a guy who's like a decent screenwriter um yeah and it's a guy not, who knows yeah you know structure and that the the whole point like screenwriting you need some level of internal conflict or whatever or some yeah. type of conflict she's not and, a good character though like i agree yeah. with you like but also that's because like i said like jj is the guy who will just set up like the concept of the character which is like what if there was like you know, and thinking about this with, like, fucking J.J. Abrams' brain, you know he was thinking, like, what if Luke grew up all alone and he didn't have any family and he yeah. was just on this fucking desert planet? Um, and it's like, okay, well, where are you going with that? Like, what is what is this character? Like, what is she really all about? And she is so much, like, she ends up really just being, like, functional in a narrative yes. sense. Um, and, and to the degree that like the actual interesting lead character who is Finn gets completely fucking shafted not only in the end of this movie but like exponentially more over the course of the next movies in like yeah. you, you know you cannot blame John Boyega for being like uh, yeah it was just like insanely racist <laughs> what they oh did my to God. my character yeah you want to talk about like you know that's so funny like people were 
up in arms about the Mary Sue stuff. People should have been up in arms about how fucking, like, this guy who should have been the focal point of the movie kind of got put on the sidelines, most likely because, you know, a black man lead character is far more controversy invoking than a fucking, you know, white woman main character. Yeah. And increasingly throughout the movie, he just got less and less to do. And I mean, same thing with Oscar Isaac, really. But yeah, it, I, 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 have a, I, I have a specific memory um, of being in film school in undergrad and with my favorite professor who was just like, she would always challenge the sort of like uh, bullshit cliches we would come to school having like learned from online and stuff. Um, and I remember someone in class was, you know, we were talking about, I guess we must have been talking about like um, uh, uh, race in terms of like uh, movie stars and movie yeah. star casting and someone in class the force awakens trailer had come out at that time um and one of them was like you know i, th I you know i think it actually like is really significant that like the first uh face you see in in this trailer is like a black stormtrooper and my professor just immediately was like why <laughs> like <laughs> why is that important like it's 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 only important if you take for granted that like the uh the, the image of a of a stormtrooper or the, the uh context of Star Wars is like universally socially iconic which it is to a degree but it's like not in a material way <laughs> like yeah it doesn't actually make a difference and like you see that fucking bear fruit because look what happened to that character yeah no he is literally the most interesting part of this whole movie one of the most interesting parts potentially for the entire franchise and then they just immediately shunt him away and honestly ryan johnson deserves some of the blame too since he doesn't yeah. find much good stuff to do with finn either he no he, he doesn't yeah he was not very interested in this part of the story and some of the stuff he did in last jedi was interesting but like this this is something that he absolutely fucking messed up and oh uh, yeah but no the they went back and forth they the you know the articles kept coming there's uh you know the one from the verge that we talked about there was the vox planer um I found this one from 2013, which is way before all of this. And it's from uh, Jezebel, which, you know, you know, they're going to be cooking some heat there. Oh, yeah. But the, the one that said screenwriter bro just might be Hollywood's biggest fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking get him. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah. And they just they go in on him. Uh, they 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 don't hold back. But. Oh, yeah, no, the, the Vox article, um, what is it, you know, kind of defends Ray and they both both the Vox article and the Verge article that we read, both are kind of based around this, uh, this sort of like, you know, they kind of concede like, yeah, she doesn't have much conflict, but neither did Luke in the first movie, which is like tr true, but uh, it's, they do handle it like a a tiny bit better in that one luke's definitely not the the star of the show of really any of the original trilogy he's not yeah. he's not the you know meat of that stuff but i, I think yeah. what it i think what these articles come down to is like they came out at a time when like when the force awakens came out and it was like the biggest fucking deal movie of all time yeah there was this desire to like really go to the fucking mat for it because it's like well oh my god if like the female main character of the biggest movie of all time sucks then yeah. you know from like a culture war standpoint that's really bad yeah <laughs> so it is. we have to go to bat for it and like you know you can understand that impulse but at the same time like if you know this would never fucking happen today right <laughs> like, yeah you well you got i mean you do kind of have to fucking like give it up to Max since he did put them in a very awkward position where we're like enough of what he said was kind of right that there had to be like this weird like, uh, yeah, it's true, but you're not supposed to say it or the way you said <laughs> it's wrong. And it was a very it was a very funny time. It was a very funny just like to watch like very annoying time. <laughs> yeah, it was online. also a very, very annoying time, too. But there was palpable sweat. From like a lot of people who kind of realize like oh yeah. fuck god damn it and then the then Lady Ghostbusters happened not fucking six yeah, months later fucking... and I think that was like the breaking point for a lot of people of like this is this is bad like oh yeah my god. I think even most people there were like uh, yeah this sucks there's nothing yeah. we can do we've we we lost game over <laughs> Which, by the way one of the funniest memories I had is uh the the YouTuber uh, known as Sargon of Akkad. You know, who spent the months leading up to Ghostbusters Busters leading the crusade against it, saw the movie, and then he admitted, yeah, it was okay. Wasn't that <laughs> bad. 
<laughs> God damn, man. What a uh, stupid fucking culture yeah. this took place in. Fucking moronic. Just awful. Dreadful. Fucking <laughs> terrible. But uh, we got to talk about these response videos because they are frightening. They are... <laughs> so Max is getting fucking raked across the coals here. Like he's getting dragged viciously. For, and this uh... has not happened to him really before, right? Like, yeah. There was aside a thing. From, in, aside in... from the Jezebel article, which called well, him yeah. a... Which uh, called him a, a, a fuckwit or whatever. A fuck waffle um, yeah. or whatever. But no, like there was, I think that was around the time that like he had done an interview where people were asking about his sex life and he made a joke about giving a girl an eating disorder, uh, which in retrospect was probably not a joke. Probably is yeah, something that happened. Um, yeah. But that was like a controversy that I think he was able to paper over. Whereas this was <laughs> like, this is the first time he's been like, had a lot of negative attention. And I think you can see like for a fucking you know yeah for a guy with his personality disorders you could see how he's lashing out about that well uh, he also said uh he said that in the same interview quote i can't date chicks who haven't figured out their orgasms i've met a lot of <laughs> chicks who can't don't or can't come during sex but still go on and on about how much they love sex and it throws me a little because i'm like do you though i mean that's just like man what do you even say to that like Fuck. Nothing could. Nothing I could say could be funnier than that. <laughs> like, no, no, nothing could be like. I can't in top that. Like, congrats, man. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Put that in one of your screenplays, dude. He, you know, he is the orgasm sheriff. I think Guillermo actually had him dead to rights. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> they haven't figured that shit out yet. <laughs> Oh man, that's so tight. <laughs> Just the phrasing, the casual phrasing. It's like, yeah, figure out where that shit. Like, get your shit reorganized or whatever. <laughs> yeah, better have a fucking roadmap of that shit ready because I'm I'm on my own out here. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what the fuck okay so yeah he he makes these and he's having something i think uh i think that uh the 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 fucking last psychiatrist would have described as a uh, as a narcissistic injury which is when the you know in in the terms of narcissistic personality disorder a lot of narcissists they sort of create this character version of themselves in their head and then that just becomes their real world and the character Max created of himself is that he's like this, you know, male feminist. He's this very, you know, sensitive, woke guy who cares about women's rights. And he like, he makes pains in the video responses to say that he doesn't like MRAs. Uh, that was a big thing back in the day. Doesn't like MRAs. He doesn't agree with the racist people who are cheering him on. He's like very clear. It's like, no, I, I just don't like Ray that much. And um, he, he, he talks about all this stuff. And... Uh, uh, you, you can see the narcissistic injury happening because, you know, all of this backlash, it's like enormous and everywhere. And it conflicts with the character he's constructed in his head. It conflicts with the idea that he's like the main character. And he's got all of these other writers and like people going to bad for him, including fucking Guillermo del Toro, like people he's bumped elbows with. And all of a sudden, like everyone's fucking turning on him. And you can see that he's very clearly kind of freaking out about it. And he, but at the same time, he's such a fucking nerd. He's so fucking obsessed with nerd culture and fandom that he can't back down from this position. Like he, he later apologized for using the term Mary Sue, but not for any of like the thrust of what he said. So you, you, he's kind of like stuck in this, uh, he's kind of yeah. stuck in this place where he, he can't like, give up either side of his personality the vibes i get off him so strongly in this moment are like because obviously like he is a misogynist like he, he yeah. treats women in his real life terribly so it, it, the vibes i get are of this guy who like he thought that in his life and in his career he had like invested enough uh metaphorical money into the feminist bank you know <laughs> with previous statements and with his movies that he could make a withdrawal and like and call this character Mary Sue. He thought he could get away with criticizing this female character because of, like you say, he had this image of himself that he'd built up of like, well, people know that I'm a fucking male feminist. So, yeah. 
you know, they're not going to get mad. They're going to take this like in good faith. Um, but that's not the way the internet works. Like people, this blew up because of people who don't really know who Max Landis is or, you know, they just see that his last name is fucking Landis and they get an immediate impression of him that is not inaccurate and it gets completely out of control. And I think like this is, this is a real like turning point for him where, and you know, you see it in his like later YouTube videos where like the other people in his life, like start to fade away. <laughs> like, yeah. like in his most recent ones, like he doesn't do the big fucking elaborate, like, I'm going to get a bunch of people to dress up as the characters in my thing and we're going to, like, film it. He just, like, does, like, monologues, filmed monologues of himself, basically. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is, I think, the moment where people sort of were like, oh, is that, like, is that what you're about? <laughs> and it's like, of course, to a guy who thought he had established himself as something else, this is like, you know... And again, with if you're a fucking narcissist, this is like DEFCON 1. Like, yep. oh my God, I, my image in other people's mind is out of control. It's out of my yeah. control. Yep, 100%. It's a huge fucking moment for him that just kind of like where things start to follow topple very slowly. Because, you know, if he wasn't, if he was just like an earnest fucking male feminist or whatever, if he was just like an earnest guy who cared about this stuff, but he was like a Hollywood fucking dick or whatever, he wouldn't react like this. He wouldn't have this fucking freak out where he refuses to stand any ground because most people who get into this type of situation, like they usually, they don't spiral out of control in the same way. Like they usually just say, no, I'm right. And then move on or they apologize and move on. And he just kept fucking going. He refused to let this slide because he had to have it his way. Yeah. And That's the ultimate mistake. That these We talk about this all the time that these people always make is like, if you just fucking let it go, people will yeah. forget about it. Like Lindsay didn't learn this. Doug, yeah. really? I mean, Doug kind of learned this, honestly. Doug, yeah, I mean, yeah, Doug is Doug knows about this now at this yeah, point. Doug, yeah, Doug has been down that path. Um, yeah. But, but like half uh, of the people we talked about in season two didn't learn this lesson of like just fucking ignore it and they'll go away. Yeah. Um. And he keeps going. These videos are, you know, the first one he goes. The first one is pretty tame. Like it's just him responding to the uh the reception. I do. I was like setting my watch to him uh, bringing up uh, Ripley from Aliens as a strong <laughs> female character. Like I was like waiting for it. Like yeah. and when he didn't do it, when he went with Leia, I was like holy shit i've never seen this before this is a brand new strategy like it's, it's so fun I was like, oh my god he didn't choose ripley what the fuck and uh anyways there's he makes one truly inscrutable point where people point out you know yeah she's not very well developed but it'll probably get deeper as the story goes on he's like no you have to take the movie as it is this isn't like the lord of the rings where you know there's three of them and it's like yeah we do know there's <laughs> okay three. come on like, okay, for starters, the Lord of the Rings was just one book. Like, you know yeah. that it was one book first. But two, the Lord of the Rings movies were a trilogy. This is also going to be a trilogy. Like, yeah. that was set in stone. They didn't if make The Force Awakens and were like, all right, let's see how this one does. <laughs> yeah, no, they were gearing up. If The Last Jedi made one dollar, they would have made a third. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Anyways, the second video, though, is... <laughs> it's it's wild the second video where he's walking around his fucking fancy la apartment and screaming and raving with like a fucking front-facing camera video and he says like they're comparing me to martin shakrelli the guy who made aids medicine more expensive they say my dad killed people like what the fuck what are they talking about <laughs> yeah it is it is like his hysteria is very is is shocking i think on this youtube video because like he is normally so like obviously like very high energy and like manic yeah. but like he is normally much more put together in how he presents himself in these youtube videos and this was just like i can't believe this video is still up like this is the kind of thing that like you see the next morning and you're like oh my god i did too much fucking molly <laughs> like what was i talking about yeah, and you just it delete it 
it's it's a it's a very like uh he he seems very uh we should start a band level drunk in these videos <laughs> <laughs> except just off of instead of being drunk just bipolar but <laughs> <laughs> oh we yeah. should start a psych ward you and me <laughs> oh man no but uh, yeah he's he's fucking freaking the fuck out and he he goes on the he says some very funny things in this and he says you know i'm really excited for the girl ghostbusters in fact, I would be cool if they had all black go Ghostbusters. <laughs> and then qualifies it with one white Ghostbuster. Just yeah. maybe one white Ghostbuster. Yeah. One white woman, he says. Yeah, one white woman. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. And he goes on this rant. He says, I'm not like those fucking men's rights creeps. You know? I'm not like that. Yeah. It's very, very undignified. But I also <laughs> want to say, one thing he does point out is uh, one of the... He does... W for him is that the Vox article points out like, uh, you know, John Wick is a Mary Sue and no one complains about that. And then Max Landis says like, John Wick spends most of the first movie getting the shit kicked out yeah. of him. The, the first <laughs> thing that happens to John Wick is his wife and dog die. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Ray does not have that happen this movie. <laughs> Come yeah, on. No. Yeah. Uh, and he also points out that the John Wick movies have strong female characters, which... They're not very, they're not terribly three-dimensional characters, but those movies do have no. strong female characters. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, great, sure. Most of, the, most of the obstacles they have to overcome is, like, knives and, yeah, it's and like, guns. It's <laughs> like someone is swinging a sword at them. Yeah, they have, like, physical obstacles they have to overcome. <laughs> but, yes, you are right, Max. There are strong female characters in this movie. Um, uh, no, but... He, he also does make the point that, like, a physically strong female character is different from, like, an emotionally strong one that's well-developed, which is true. But why are you using John Wick there? What, what, why are yeah. you using John Wick there? John Wick does not have very well-developed female characters. No. It has, it or has or male characters. Stunts. Like, that's, you know, like, that's their fucking, like, action yeah. movies. Come on. John Wick, John Wick doesn't have characters. It has, like, various cool people doing insane yeah. stunts in neon halls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And... Yeah, no, they, he blew up, and eventually this kind of fizzled out. You know, the the things changed. Uh, Lady Ghostbusters came out, and then that overshadowed this. Uh, you know, this was this was in the later days, the waning days of Gamergate. So it was a huge thing at the time, but this was really the last instance where something like this could happen. And even terms in terms of Star Wars discussion, Reyes and Mary Sue is far overshadowed by, you know, what Jeremy Manjo described as the second great Gamergate, a.k.a. The Last Jedi. <laughs> and, yeah, now no one gives a shit if Reyes and Mary Sue. Now yeah. uh, now they have a lot cooler complaints to talk about. Well, now but... no one has to pretend that they like the sequel trilogy at all. Yeah, now anyway. no one has to pretend that anymore. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because The Force Awakens just torpedoed that. Like, yeah, it's it's done now. But... Oh God, man! What a what a shit show! <laughs> and um, that is it, I think. I I have to say, what did I think? Max Landis got me tooed before the Last Jedi came out. I'm I'm sketchy on the timeline, but That's I want to see what Max Landis had to say about the Last Jedi because because oh, yeah. um, you know they were fucking beating down his door <laughs> yeah. trying to get the answer. <laughs> yeah, uh, you will not believe this. I can't find anything. Wow. I cannot find anything. Damn. Max Max Landis didn't have any hot takes on The Last Jedi. I think he learned his lesson. I wow. think he learned his lesson. This was also writer. Oh, you know what it was? He didn't learn his lesson. In 2017, he the same month The Last Jedi came out is when the allegations happened. Oh, so, okay. Th so I think the yeah. worst thing he could do at this moment was comment on Star yeah. Wars. He was in his, like, Black Circle Avatar era. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about anything right now. Sorry, period era. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bio saying, just leave me alone era. Yeah, no. It's, um... Oh, boy. Yeah, that, so... Uh, we, we, you know, we lost the best opinion on The Last Jedi of all time. <laughs> we, we lost that. That was taken from us. And to this day, I will. I want to know why Max Land, what Max Landis thinks of The Last Jedi. Because you know he's got some opinions on it still. Oh, yeah. You know he's got some fucking hot takes. And I want to pick his brain about The Last Jedi. I want Max, to hear if what you're this listening. Yeah, Max, if, 
If you're listening, if you're narcissistic enough to listen to this, I will talk to you about The Last Jedi. I will ask you about The Last Jedi, and I will not call you a rapist piece of shit during the interview. I pinky swear on that. Not during the interview. Not during the interview. I'll call you it on the podcast multiple times. But (laughs) during the interview, I'll just talk to you about The Last Jedi. So so hit hit my line, Max. All right. That's going to do it. Folks, this has been Get Cynical Season 3, Episode 5. What a we're over the big hurdle now. Now we've got to watch as uh the world just falls apart around Max slowly but surely and things just keep getting stupider and stupider and stupider. <laughs> this is this is in many ways the peak of his career. If Chronicle was his creative peak, this is his peak of relevance, I think. This is this yeah. is his like this is his ironically his narcissistic meltdown was his big shining moment, which is uh, <laughs> such a like a poetic fate for him so that's gonna do it if you like our show everyone be sure to subscribe to the patreon for the those good old-fashioned values the sort of podcast network we have here if you pay seven dollars a month you get extra get cynical episodes we have a bunch we did one on mystery team we did one on the annoying orange adventures if you go back even farther we've done some collaborative episodes on chasing amy and the linkara review of southland tales and um you know a whole bunch of others we have a very fun episode on blue is the warmest color too. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah no I, I think you'll like all of that so uh yeah we'll see you all otherwise we'll see you all in two weeks where we're going to talk about the last landis movie of 2015 mr right <laughs> bye-bye everyone bye <laughs>